This is Growing Your Successful Business, the podcast for you, the entrepreneur, to learn valuable lessons from the experiences of fellow business owners sharing the secrets of their success and the critical lessons they have learned along the way, as well as experts giving their advice on how to navigate the pitfalls in their industry to help you better run your business. Here's your host, Brian Harding. Hey now, and good day. Thanks again for stopping by to check out our podcast here, Growing Your Success. Growing Your Successful Business. Um, I want to talk real quick before we get to Stephanie Prosser, our guest today, uh, about the subscribe, share, rate, and review, all that stuff. All those things do matter for podcast metrics. So if you listen on a regular basis, go ahead and subscribe. Uh, please share it. Uh, tell your friends and also share it on Facebook and email it to somebody if you think that they get some information out of it that would be good for them. Uh, give it a rate and a review. That's Again, all those metrics do matter in the podcast world, so please take a moment to do that. Um, you can find my information at growingyoursuccessfulbusiness.com or brianlharding.com. And uh, you can find all the different listening platforms there if you want to find a more convenient way to listen than what you currently are using. Uh, we're on Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Radiocast, Overcast, and about a billion other ones. Um, if you have a question, you want to be a guest on the show, you think uh, there's some questions I should be asking folks on not, you can email me at brian at brianlharding.com. Today, we're super lucky to have Stephanie Prosser on with Prosser Construction. Uh, Stephanie is an Army veteran and a significant other and a mother to a beautiful girl and a fur baby. She graduated from St. Martin University with a degree in business administration. Stephanie loves to give back to our military and their families and volunteers with the Association of the United States Army, also known as the AUSA. Stephanie is a skilled metal artist and a consummate professional in the construction industry. Quality and service and excellence in customer service are her top priority. And uh, Prosser Construction is a woman-owned veteran small business specializing in residential and commercial renovations. They take pride in customer satisfaction and excellence in service. You can reach them at prosserconstruction.com. That's P-R-O-S-S-E-R construction.com. And you can also reach them at 253-212-1314. Stephanie, welcome. Thanks for coming in. Yes, thanks for having me. How are you doing today? I am fantastic. Good, good, good. So let's get right to it. So you've been in business for how long? How long has Prosser Construction been around? About two and a half years now. Two and a half years. And yes. before that, you were in construction? Before that, I with was. With a different company? That been, yes. And, and then I were, flipped houses before. So in construction for about 13 years now. Right, right. And one of the things that's interesting about you is, um, and you didn't mention this in the in the notes you gave me, and I didn't really prep you for this. My apologies for that. But one of the things that's interesting about you is, is um, not knowing how to do something is not a deterrent for you. You'll just go figure it out mm -hmm. on your own. You just go YouTube it. If you oh, I figure it out. There's so much technology today, you cannot not figure it out. And asking right. questions. I am all about asking questions and not afraid to say, I don't know how to do it, but I'll figure it out. Right. I remember, um, I, I think I met you probably three years ago, something like that. And you were, I think you were doing a tile project or something like that, or some kind of flooring. Mm -hmm. And you're like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the first thing about how to do this, but I'm going to figure it out this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, you know, sometimes I learn the hard way and I'll make it right, you know, right. But, and I might not make money on that job, but I'll know for the next job right. I know how to do it. So right. I'm always growing and expanding. Yeah, yeah. I, and that's one of the things I admire about you is is uh, some folks, myself included, get to a spot where it's like, well, I don't really know how to do this. And, and um, it just bogs everything down and you just jump in with both feet and go get after it. I, yeah, I, I love to learn. I really think that's fantastic. So um, you've been in business two and a half years in this version of your company, right? Prosser Construction. Yes. Um, some things you mentioned that uh, you've done really well. Uh, you talked about joining a networking group and how that took your business to a whole nother level. Tell, tell me about that. Right. So I went into doing residential construction from 
doing it only for myself on flipping houses. So it's very different um, when you're not your only customer. And I joined a local networking group where I actually met you as well. And that opened up a whole different world for me. Um, I was thinking I'm just going to go in and do just houses for, you know, residential for people. But in this group, I met so many connections. I met uh, property management owners, which took me into work orders uh, for rentals for companies. It took me into insurance claims where I worked with some of the local water restoration companies. And I would put back houses after, you know, usually a bursted pipe or something like that or a fire. Right. So that has helped me grow a lot. I work for, I do all work orders for several property management companies and I do probably 50% of my work is insurance work now. So nice. it's helped me diversify. And so it's a lot. completely outside of what you thought your vision, what your company yes. was going to be. But in an awesome way, right. I'm very diversified now, which right. is awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. So um, for both of us, we, we started out with one particular strategy in mind. And in, in our case, we were only going to do residential work and mm-hmm. we weren't going to do anything on the commercial side. And there was all kinds of great reasons for that. And then um, within a year or right around a year, maybe 18 months in, we completely shifted gears. And now all we do is commercial work. <laughs> I mean, we do some residential work, but we, right. you know, we don't market for it. We're not really in the, in the market of going and getting it. We, we do whatever comes in, but, right. um, and you kind of had a similar thing where you had one mindset going in and then you mm-hmm. end up doing something completely different. I think that's kind of universal yeah. for a lot of business owners in general is you start out with a vision and yeah. you head down this path and all of a sudden things get thrown at you and, and you find yourself doing something completely different. Are you okay with that? Does it, does it, do you wish you were still doing other stuff or, or you, you're happy with where you're at or how do you feel about that? Um, it was definitely hard to juggle all that, you know, with limited funds and resources. Um, but I figured out a way to make it happen. Sometimes it's still a struggle not having enough vehicles or a big enough fleet and juggling all that. Right. Um, but you know, it's part of growing. So, yeah, it's it's good. I don't look back, and I'm, like I said, I love to learn and grow and do new, new things. And I think eventually the market will turn, and yeah. you can't rely strictly on residential. Right. So I think there's always going to be busted pipes and property management companies needing repairs. So I think it's really important to do. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. The, the great economy we're experiencing now is not going to last forever. Mm-hmm. And if you have all your eggs in one basket, you're gonna you, sink. you could be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so it's, it's good to have that diversified right. uh portfolio as they say and then you also um you happened to meet me there and and we were doing a building remodel and um that was a commercial project it was a pretty good sized project i don't know it was three hundred thousand dollars or whatever it was total for us but right. um that was something that was kind of stepping out for you a little bit into something new and yes and um you need somebody who to give you a chance right that's right you yeah, gave me that that's, chance i mean that's really once you've done one now you kind of know it builds what, the confidence yeah it builds the confidence right mm-hmm. and and on the resume you can't pursue that work and That's your resume right. says I don't have any experience you in this. Have a so portfolio yeah right. for someone else to give so, you a shot. So what did that what did that do for you when you all of a sudden you took on a commercial project and, and now you have this confidence, but you also learned some things and how how does that apply to what you do now? Um, so it definitely gave me the confidence to um, you know, it's hard being a business owner, it's limited on time and I've always wanted to get my certifications. Um, so I think doing that project with you push me to do that, to make it happen instead of procrastinating or never having enough time. Right. Um, I forced the time and it made me get my state and federal certifications to, um, you know, cause I'm a woman owned business and veteran. So I got my certifications for that. And so that gives me some extra bonus points in going after federal and state work. Right. Right. 
And wouldn't you say when you when you take on these bigger projects, you kind of the, the the flaws in your processes and the flaws in your experience level are aren't they kind of exposed a little bit more? And you have to kind of look at things in a more detailed fashion because on small jobs, you can get away with not knowing some stuff and not doing right. things properly, and nobody knows except right. you. Right. But when you do it, when you do a big project where there's more opportunities for those things to kind of fall apart. I think you learn a lot more, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I um, made, a, you know, several mistakes in working with an engineer and dealing with structural things. Um, I mean, there's always that in every project, and every project has its unique challenges. But um, I definitely, I feel like much more confident in dealing with uh, an, engin- an engineer in an architect firm because your building was uh, fun. Yeah, it was <laughs> It was a giant pain in the ass is what you mean, I think. But yeah. I was being nice. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, so, and then somebody else you met in your networking group or our networking group, um, uh, you met Kirsten with King's Kitchen. What, what does she do? So King's Kitchen is a woman-owned business as well, and she is a cabinet and countertop uh, company. They sell them, install them. So you two met, you guys got together just to get to know each other better, mm-hmm. and uh, what happened then? So we literally, you know, scheduled a one-to-one. We do that a lot in networking to build those relationships because it's really important. And I literally, first time I ever met her, I didn't even see her. At, at our networking group, and we sat down and had a meeting for an hour, and two weeks later, we moved in together into an <laughs> office space. She's become my work wife. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Crazy um, taking a leap like that, but we had a lot of the same mindset, um, a lot of the same struggles and trying to get to the next level, and by us you know, doing that together, it helped us get to the next level by doing that. Right. And we complement each other so well in our industries. Right. So you guys meet on your first date, and two weeks later, you're living together. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and what's the, what's what's the upside of doing that? So I mean, for somebody listening who's who's uh, thinking, what in the world? Why, why would you do that? What, what what's it get you? So you know, overhead one when you when we we got an office space together. So we pretty much took that cost of overhead and split it in half because mm-hmm. we split everything down the middle. Of course, we had paperwork drawn to do that. Right. And leases, I. Can't encourage that enough to have yeah. your paperwork in order right. when you're when you're you know making that decision, um, and it has to be the right fit. Mm-hmm. But you know now I have a full showroom in my office that you know when I do remodeling, it's it's a huge bonus to bring a customer in and say here's a whole showroom to make our processes a lot easier, um, and so that gives her work because she always gets my cabinet yep. countertop work, and mm-hmm. then when she has a customer come into the showroom that doesn't have a general contractor. Hey, right there I am, and you know we're just right there with each other. So it makes organizing and the whole process for a customer so much easier because we work hand in hand together every day. Right. So um, one of the things people will hear a lot, you know, when they when they talk, people talk about relationships and networking and associations and things like that, the word the term strategic partnership is thrown out there a lot, and I don't think people always understand mm. what the what that really means. So yeah, you're always looking to find and build relationships with people who can help you grow your business and you can help grow theirs and things like that. But yours is more of a true strategic alliance partnership where um, you guys rely on each other now. It's not just, uh, hey, I'll help you out when I can. It's you guys are really counting on each other. Yeah, we're we're deep, yep, we're embedded. Mm -hmm. Um, But so you've mentioned a couple of things. So you get additional revenue from people who come into her business that you wouldn't have gotten and she gets additional work from from people come in from your business Mm -hmm. and you're able to split those costs and that's all fantastic. Um, what, what other, what comes from, I mean, you guys are talking to each other daily, I imagine. Yes. So, you know, we're each other's support system as well. Um, cause you know, it's not easy construction, especially isn't easy. Uh, so we're definitely there to be each other's support system. 
I actually have learned a lot more about cabinets There's a, and countertops. There's a lot more to it than I ever realized. So just having her right there and learning about all that is huge. I know for her, it's probably opened up a lot of doors as well. Like she now does insurance work as well because most insurances are kitchens and we have to get new cabinets and countertops. And so she's a part of that and has learned. We both got our certifications together. And so we're doing um, learning the process of commercial and federal together, which is awesome. Um, we kind of team up on a lot of things. And with that, um, it saves time and efficiency by, hey, you do that, this, this part, and we'll submit a bid together. Right. So it's really been awesome. So one of the things that, that has developed from that also is you guys have kind of built your own little, like a, like a mastermind group, right? Yes, we so, have. And so there's, there's uh, talk to us about that. How did that come about? How, how did you pick who was involved? How, wh- how do you guys help each other out? What's that look like? So we've been doing it a while. I don't think we realized it. And then we just, one day we're like, you know, we should invite some other women. It's a women's group because um, we're faced with different challenges in the construction industry. So it's nice to get together and just share experiences, learn from them. So maybe the, the next person doesn't have to struggle, share our connections, team up. Because a lot of these big jobs, you know, as a GC, I can just take everybody and, and team up together and support one another. Um, and really, it's about accountability and meeting your goals. Because, you know, <laughs> we struggle with trying to get everything done in a day. There's not enough hours in a day. So right. we get together once a month, and there's six of us now. Um, and we're, I wouldn't say we're a little selective. You have to be serious. Um, right. And we actually have an attendance policy. It's, it's people that want to be serious that come in and truly hold each other accountable do your homework and get things done and we better see progress right we actually have this thing it's funny uh you have to chip in money if you don't get your goals done wow and then uh we're gonna end up buying each other we'll buy dinner or something like that but still it's it's to help nudge because you don't want to let anybody else down you'll do it for someone else before you'll do it for yourself you know like oh my gosh i gotta get this done and the girls are gonna get on me on our meeting so it's it's awesome yeah i think i think that's fantastic i think that uh Anything, anything you can do to partner up with somebody else, whether it's just one-on-one or in a group like this, that helps you establish and clarify your goals. I mean, everybody has yes. goals. Everybody, you know, everybody wants the big, lofty thing at the very end. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a million goals along the way though that aren't aren't so easy to identify, and they're not super crystal clear always either. Right. And so having an outsider's perspective to help you get some clarity on that, and also give a perspective that you may be overlooking because you're right in the thick of it. Yes. Um, and then somebody to hold you accountable because, like you said, if 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 it left to our own devices, yes. we can we can move along at a pretty slow pace. Mm-hmm. I know, <laughs> and just everything you know, you get so busy, and you know, your those goals tend to fade. Like right. I'll get to it, I'll get to it. Then it's the end of the year. But it's about giving constructive criticism as well. We're real big about that. So you guys meet monthly, mm-hmm. and then do. You, talk to each other along the way or is it just we save everything for once a month or um, i'll send it usually an email out with what we talked about i like to make little cheat sheets i think it's extremely important for that goal for that month or we'll do it a quarter as well and i tell them post it right in front of your computer where you sit all the time so it's in your face it's in your face um, right. that's huge for me huge my vision board my monthly goal is in my face so when i get busy i see it it's creeping at me right you know so we do that and i try to check in once or twice a month just hey how's it going you know, reminding about the meeting, you hitting your goals, you know, something right. motivational. Right. Um, so, yeah. That's awesome. Um, any any uh, insights you would give to somebody who's looking to start something like that on their own? Mm, it, you know, finding the right people. You definitely want someone that's going to 
truly have the time for it. I think a lot of people might have intentions, but they don't make the time for it. You got to find someone that's truly going to make the time. It's as important to them as it is to you. Right. Um, because, you know, they are your accountability partner. So if they're only giving it half, you know, halfway, then it's not going to do any good for either one of you. So right. it's really important to for someone to make the time. And sure. And be really serious about it. Yeah. And that, and that, that seems to be getting more and more difficult to find yes. folks who, I mean, mm-hmm. again, everybody wants the result. Nobody wants the work. And it's why we made the attendance policy, you know, That's and it's just for everybody because it's not fair if everybody else is putting in the effort and someone in the group's not because – one, they're not getting it for themselves, and they're not giving the feedback and what's needed for the rest of the group. So you mentioned that the, it's a women's group, and you guys are all in construction-ish? Um, construction-ish, yeah. yeah. You know, there's me, there's Kirsten, which cabinets countertops. Um, we have Sam, which post-construction, cleanup, janitorial cleaning. Yeah. We have a, a interior designer, stager. So mm-hmm. gotcha. it doesn't have to be. Oh, and we have a girl that's a, no, a gal that's a nonprofit for the military. So it doesn't have to be construction. Right. Um, it just tend to end up being that way is is uh is being a woman in the construction industry is that still like a, a thing is that like a, a challenge still or is that kind of more or less gone nowadays it's a little bit of a challenge but i feel like definitely not what it used to be um you know with this the federal and the state making it mandated for minority and women it's forcing people to kind of let go of that even if they don't want to i've still right. come across some that are challenging they don't want to deal with you know, ter- certain minorities or women, uh, but they're forced to yeah. because they're going to get their contracts pulled if they don't. Right. So it's making it easier, but at the same time, it's it's hard. But it's it, definitely a lot better. Is it? Is it? Some, I mean, can you? I mean, is it? A, is it a generational thing? Is it a regional thing? What I mean, or is it just kind of? I feel of like it's a generational thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So older older folks are maybe struggling a little more than younger folks who don't know any different. Right. Exactly. Because yeah. we're all you know. Millennials or the newer, younger generations are kind of used to that fair. Everything's fair. Right. Um, so, yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so let's talk about some things that haven't been all sunshine and roses for you. So we kind of alluded to it earlier. Before Prosser Construction, you had a different venture. Um, and um, one of the things you learned there was, was some things about partnerships, right? I did. You know, I... I in fact, Definitely. I think that's when you and I first met yes. was you were right in the throes of that, right? Yes. Yeah. I actually, you were really uh, helpful in listening to me and just giving back some nice feedback. And, you know, it's it's hard. It's scary. You know, can I do this without a partner? And, you know, it's nice to have some people. Yeah, heck yeah, you can. Right. So uh, it actually pushed me. I had talked to you and a couple of others and decided to make that jump when, you know, it's just being really careful and knowing who you're going to get into a joint venture with or a partnership. Really knowing that person, even if you think you do, I kind of learned in two situations that you don't, and it's better to get out sooner than later. I kept making excuses, almost like in a marriage, uh, you know, like, oh, maybe they'll change, or maybe this isn't who they are, you know, when when their values and integrity doesn't align with yours get out sooner than later because it's just going to keep prolonging it. That's a, that's a great analogy. I really hadn't put all that together my, on my own. That's a great analogy, though. Partnerships are exactly like a they marriage. The, all the same rules apply. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and the, the notion of one spouse or one partner hoping the other person is going to change and they're mm-hmm. one day going to figure it all out and all these kind of um, yeah. things that we, we wish for that never work. <laughs> Yes. It never happens, but we all wish for it because it's, it, we were hoping that's an easier alternative to, yeah. than, than the divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, so without going into any, any great detail or, or mentioning anybody's name, what, what were some of the challenges you were facing with your with your partnership? 
just um, integrity, you know, quality of work on projects. We weren't on the same page. Um, I'm a by the books. Um, customer service and teamwork is my utmost biggest thing to me. Integrity and this person I was learning, it, it wasn't the same. And it, I feel like it got worse um, as time went on. And that's just something I, I couldn't deal with. Um, just getting a lot of complaints and addressing them with that person and they didn't care. Right. It's like, what? I mean, you don't care, you know, so just that's a big one. And then I again went I went to a joint venture, which is a little different mm -hmm. than actual um, partnership. And I did get my paperwork in order on that one. But again, I learned that the values of how to do business were very different. Um, so I cut real quick from that one because I learned so much from the last one. I was like, here I go again. I made right. the same mistake, kind of not as bad, but um I definitely know things to look for and the, how their business is laid out and the structure, like doing my homework and maybe even interviewing, sitting down and going through things that are important to me and getting their feedback on how it's important to them before I jump forward into a joint venture. Because, you know, as you grow, you get um, people come to you more about stuff like that. So, right. yeah, one of the things that I mean, for anybody who's listening, who was looking at starting a business with a partnership. I would I would strongly recommend you lay out some you know some really tricky situations and, and like you know like we're going to talk about employees here in a little bit mm -hmm. but um, employee challenges are are massive customer challenges can be can be a, a big thing mm -hmm. and lay out some specific okay here's a scenario uh, the employee says this the customer says this here's how much exactly. money's on the line here's where we think we might have made a mistake here's where we think the customer is wrong here's where we think right. the employee is wrong what do you do. And have them have them work through so you can hear their thought process and see if it aligns with yours. And right. both parties should do that, not just yes. one, because, um, like you said, many of these things they don't manifest themselves until you're six months or six years or whatever yeah. in, and then you find out that this person I'm I'm married to in my Pretty business, mm -hmm. their their views are not in line with mine at all. And and now what? Now you got seven employees or 17 employees or whatever and right. what's the ramifications of when the divorce happens what happens to the exactly. children who gets custody exactly of the kids right. who gets custody of the, of the customers who yep. gets custody of the equipment who gets mm -hmm. who it's gets dirty. stuck with the bills the attorney and, bills are expensive yeah <laughs> so uh having been through all that what what can you think of any specific kind of questions you would recommend you know, for somebody listening who's thinking about starting a business and you know stamping out a thousand widgets a month or whatever. What what kind of th what kind of questions would you think that you'd recommend they ask? I think like what you said is a good idea. Think of scenarios of employees or you know how you want to go about marketing. Um, see if you're aligned because some people are aligned very different. And it just like a marriage, it creates a lot of headaches. Um, definitely have an attorney get your paperwork in order. And if they're not okay with that, then uh, I can tell you right there, that's a big red flag. Right. They should, you know, you should be on the same page. Uh, everything's welcome fair. That, yes, you know. exactly. Because it's beneficial to the other party as well. Mm -hmm. um, employees is a huge one. Right. I would definitely lay out scenarios and, you know, quiz each other. And then maybe take, you know, write papers at home and then come compare and see if you guys are, you know, on the same page. Or if you're not, are you willing to... To deal with that right. sometimes it complements one another one's too soft one's too hard but maybe you can meet in the middle sure. about certain things so. yeah i think i think that strategies is okay it's okay to have different mindsets on strategies yes. philosophies and greater like you know 
how are you know what what's your commitment to ethics what's your commitment to doing the right thing as far as right. accounting goes how how loosey yes. are you loosey are you gonna be with the irs and Jose, uh, that's if yeah following the rules paying your paying your taxes doing those, them on time those are the kind of things that i don't think you can have separate agendas on correct I, whether you are a a your strategy with employees is one of um you know accountability versus one of you know welcoming their ideas and things like that i think I think you can, I think a good a good hybrid of those things is okay. Right. And then of course the thing that nobody ever wants to talk about is how much money can you bring to the table? If things go completely right. sideways, what's sure. what's your bankroll? Um, because things aren't always going to be great and there's going to be months where right. um, you both got to especially in the beginning where, where things aren't you're not getting paid and you're 8 months in and you got to make payroll and Yes, and that what's, was what's an your issue. reserve account? Right, at home? that was an issue in my in my first partnership. Is you know, you got to pay your staff and employees before you pay yourself. Right, and are you know, are you on the same page to do that? Um, and then, you know, just being fair about stuff like that that was the big one for me. Yeah, yeah, and I've I've said this before many times. I'm I'm super lucky that the partnership I have in my, you know, our company is is awesome. And one of the key things that's it for us, and I tell people this every time they ask, how do you make a partnership work? In our case, having three was absolutely critical. If any two of us would have done this, we wouldn't be here. Like the company would not have survived. Um, having three has been absolutely the thing because there's always a, there's always a mediator. Right. There's always somebody who, who can, when tempers get high and when people get really dug in and, mm-hmm. and they're not willing to bend, there's always a third party you can say, eh, you might want to take a look at how you're approaching this. And right. and they might have that conversation with both people. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but there, but there's, there's not an opportunity for just this perpetual disliking of two people against each other that, that doesn't ever get resolved. It, it kind of forced us to resolve through things that we might That's not good. have otherwise done it. So. Right. Um, and we talked about employees, uh, and no, no doubt. And you mentioned this in, in the notes you sent me employees, managing employees is the absolute toughest part of running a business. So what are some challenges you face with that? That is an everyday challenge. Um, just, and, and to be clear, I'm talking, we're talking about good employees. We're not talking about like just crummy employees. Yeah. Just, even, oh yeah. Even the good ones, yeah. um, crummy ones, it's, it's easier to get rid it's of easy, them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's easy. But the ones that are good and the, you know nobody's perfect so you're having to right. learn they could be excellent out in the field but then attitudes difficult to deal with or when there's family emergencies or situations going on it's very challenging um i i struggle with that a lot and each one has their own personality and better ways to approach situations with them and it's learning that employee and uh how to tackle that and approach it the right way because you might atta- approach one and they're crying the other mm-hmm. one you could be a little harder with um knowing you know certain family situations but these days everybody's so happy too and i'm in construction so you got to be real careful about l and i so it's like am i being too soft or too hard because if i'm too hard i don't want to get sued but if i'm too soft then they walk all over you so right finding that balance uh and how to deal with that yeah and that's that's something that um it's it's funny you mentioned you know attorneys are now involved in all kinds of things that attorneys were not involved in 20 years ago and when people are sitting back wondering why does it cost so much to get a bathroom remodel now compared to when I did it in 1997, um, the, the attorney thing, you can't overlook that. I mean, the, 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 right. the insurance is required now and, and the redundancy and processes and the training that has to happen for management, supervisors, employees on, 50. 
on safety and and um, it, it, that stuff is not free, and the consumer ends up paying for all that stuff, yes. and um, that's a major factor in in why pricing is is gone the way it has for for many industries, including construction. Yeah, and you know, well, I know everybody's not from Washington State, but in Washington State, you have to, you know, you're forced for workers' comp with one company that's like ran by the state. Right. I know another most around the United States or everywhere else, you can select. You know, it's yeah. like shopping for insurance here yeah. in Washington, not the it's case. A monopoly, yeah. Yeah. So it makes it a little more interesting and challenging yeah. um, and costly. Right. It's very costly. Um, that's a big challenge we have is in competing with, you know, companies that are not licensed, bond insured, and pay people under the table. Because um, right. we are by the books. We pay our L&I. We pay our insurance. We pay everything. Yeah. So um, it's, it's, a, it's trying to get that knowledge out to customers. So what do you what are you doing to overcome the challenges you're facing with uh, employees? So I have learned um, I'm actually in a leadership course right now that is six months long to help you know constantly grow and learn and maybe think of things I am not doing or could do better because you know I've only you know been in business two and a half years and I love to have a mentor that's been doing it 25 years right. and learn what's worked for them what hasn't um, and a lot of them actually I'm a month and a half into this course and. They're an older generation, and they're like, it has to change. It has changed because you can't be that, you know, hard-ass that you were before. You no. have to approach things very differently. Um, and you know what I've learned is help? I do a three-month evaluation with each person. I take the time to acknowledge all the things that they're doing good um, because usually it's like a one-year. You, you go one year and you assess these people. Well, I'm doing it every three months, and – I tell them all the things they're doing good, what can be approved. So that way in a year I don't blow up because right. it's been boiling for me all year about something they've been doing maybe incorrectly or yeah. fr it's frustrating. And a lot of times if it's something real severe, I do it right away. I don't even wait. I just take them aside and I've been trying to figure out, should I do it in the morning? Should I do it in the evening? Because I don't want to mess up the whole day or, you know, yeah. the focus at work. But I'm, I just hit it head on and I, I'm creating that culture. Like it's okay to make mistakes Let's let's hit it on straight. So because we're a team and we're gonna make it right, we got each other's back. And right. it's creating that culture where they don't take it so hard and they don't freeze up on me and get angry or right. they're just like, yeah, that's what we do around here. We we hit it head on, we correct it, and let's keep moving. Yeah, and and what's what's interesting is we talked about some of the challenges with with the older generation that is you know retiring out and things yep. like that. The newer generation is not a fan of criticism. They're not no, a fan of critique at being no. critiqued at all. And so for many employers, we're introducing them to that notion and they're freaking out. Mm -hmm. And so part of that is letting them know, listen, yeah, we're going to address this stuff and it's not comfortable and it's not fun. But, you know, we all do it. It's not like you're a bad person. And, and we're having to explain some basic life yes. rules that, sorry, Johnny, you're not perfect. Mm -hmm. um, and it's OK to make mistakes. By the way, I do it, too. And here's how we deal with this when we're an adult. And right. they, they just don't have the grasp of that. They we're shut down. A yeah. lot of times they shut down and get they, really frustrated. Yeah, they, they they freak out and they quit and they go somewhere else and they 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 figure it out, you know, later on in life or, mm -hmm. or not. I or don't. Not. Yeah, I'm not sure what the case. I'm not sure what the statistics are on that. Um, I did recently. Well, not recently. About a year and a half ago, I heard a, a woman talking who's an HR specialist, kind of a thing, and right. talking about millennials and how they deal with this kind of stuff. And and her belief was that it was it took about six or seven times of really getting kind of smacked in the head with 
you know, you're not perfect and you do make mm-hmm. mistakes just like the rest of us. And here right. we do have to address these things. We can't just smooth it all over right. until they started to get it. And that might be on the third or fourth or sixth or seventh employer um, wow. by the time that kind of came around. I don't know what her statistics were to back that data up. But right. uh, the, point, the point is it, it wasn't like, um, you know, you get somebody who's fresh out of high school or college and, and you're going to be able to you may not have the ability to do it, no matter how skilled you are at that task. It, it takes some time to get people who are the idea of being educated on mistakes they're making and how mm-hmm. to fix them and why it's important. Educating folks who that's a foreign concept on yeah. it's, it's, that's a, that's, and it's only going to get, it's only getting worse. Or even right? the older ones that nobody took the time. Like I feel like we take a lot of time to help, help you grow as a person and, you know, at work. So, you know, these things that we're telling you affect you at home too. You know, it's, we're all growing and learning together. I, I say that all the time, trying yeah. to create that culture. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, listen, it, it, it's something that has been sorely lacking in, in the workplace for many years. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not all perfect. We are going to make mistakes yeah. and I'm going to make as many as you at least, if not more. Mm-hmm. Um, why pretend like that's not the way it is? That that is the way it is. So I think you I think you had a good thing going there with uh, creating your culture and, and just being aware that you need a culture, is you know my class fifty percent of it. Yeah, yep, yep. I learned that from the class. Um, and then something for you specifically that, like I was saying before, you and I uh, fired this thing up today. Probably fifty percent of our conversations, me and you, is talking about work life balance. Yes, <laughs> yes. I remember. <laughs> I remember um, it was probably a couple of years ago that you came to me and said, "How in the world do you find the balance?" And I think my response was, "There is no balance in the beginning. It's if you if your business is going to succeed, you're going to you're going to starve your family from your time. You're going they're right. they're going to pay in the short term to hopefully gain in the long term." And uh, have you found any better answers for that? What, what what I mean, this is something that's definitely on your mind a lot, so you're you're probably actively looking for a solution more than most. What right. what are you doing now to, to try to kind of maintain that balance? Well, it's I, it's still a struggle every day. Um, and, you know, I'm two and a half years in, and it's still never enough time in the day. I, I can't hire enough staff to, you know, be contracts, be HR, be the estimating department, and fill marketing department. Um, being small, you're, I'm still wearing 15 of those hats. So. Right. I haven't found that answer, but I have gotten a little bit better at trying to manage the stress of it and not take it home so much because it really affects kids. Uh, I've learned with my daughter and try not to take that stress home. But I, uh, what's nice about being your own boss, you know, business owner, one of the few nice things is you can control your schedule. It's hard, but my daughter's very passionate about gymnastics. So I bend over backwards to make sure she gets to gymnastics every day, every day of every week, you know, four hours at a time. Wow. I'm very, yeah, she's on team. So she's, she competes. So it's yeah. uh, really challenging, but I make that time because I can, and I try to tell her that I, you know, I run a business and I have to work hard, but I'm able to do this. Cause if I had a regular job, I couldn't leave work at three o'clock, you know, and do this and, and eat all these crazy odd hours that these gymnasts have to deal with. Right. Um, and on the weekends, I always have to work, um, and she does not like to go with me most of the time. Every now and again, she will. Uh, How old is she? She's 10. Okay. So I will get up really early, um, usually and try to get to the office about 6 and be out of there by 10 or 11, because uh, on the weekends, she usually likes to sleep in, so I'm getting home when she's just waking up, so we still have the day together. Right. Um, and I try not to work too much, because she, you know, she's an only child, so she wants all of my attention, even if I'm not working and she's on her phone. She's as soon as she sees me pick up the laptop or something, she's like, "What are you doing?" 
Yeah. You know, I, and I think that's an only child thing is what people right. tell me. Yeah. Um, but I try to just get up early or work late when she's already sleeping to just be more present with her. And right. we, you know, I force trips and vacations that I don't normally have time for. Right. Um, and I just put on the counter and I force it. Um, so that gives us that quality time. Her dad is deployed, so I'm pretty much a single parent, and it's important that I'm there because right. her dad's, you know, can't be around too much right now. Sure. So um, it's just forcing it, forcing it in, and try not to let her see the stress too much. Yeah. And do as maximize as much as a time as I can at the office, or you know, I do have, you know, I think four in the office now, delegating more, which is hard for me. It's mm-hmm. always, you know, trying to take more off my plate and have other team members do it. Do you struggle with that? Do you struggle with, with giving up control? Um, yeah. I'm like, I'll just do it myself. It's easier just for me to do it myself, you know, kind of thing. Because it's like, I don't have time to tell them. I'll just do it myself. And then it's like, I can't do 100 things today all myself. I right. got time. And even if you could do those 100 things yourself this one time, you can't scale a business no. if you're if you're doing that. If you're, no. Yes, it's absolutely faster to do it yourself. Yes, it'll absolutely be done the way you want it if you do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll get through the day quicker probably doing it that way. However... If you look at a period of time, like a six months or a year or three months even, or 10 years, there's no way you would be yep. as productive doing everything yourself. No, no. I want to grow. I want to be right. a bigger company. And so it's that's my uh, word for the year is, uh, well, I have a couple, is uh, consistency and internal infrastructure, creating processes right. so it could become automated. So if I leave for on a vacation for a week, the company doesn't fall apart. Right. So it's, it's working on building that as well. It's been a big priority of mine this year right so um you mentioned also that you're you're it's continuous working process to create the balance you're you feel like you're doing one or two of these things being a right. mom being a business owner mm-hmm. all these things you, you can do one or two right but then the other ones you're not doing so well right. on it's kind of a continuous uh, effort to you know improve all that um what do you what how are you, how are you going through the as these things happen we just get overwhelmed we just yes. get like we feel like there's a point where just uh, I just give up because anything I'm going to do is not going to be enough and right. I'm just going to do nothing. How do you work through that? Oh, that's a mindset. That's definitely a mindset. I have keywords on my literally computer screen <clears throat> and I created vision boards. I created a vision board at home and I created one at work. Um, and the words that are important to me are on these boards. I literally have at the bottom of my screen and I, I've seen a lot of other people do that. I'm like, that's so cheesy, <laughs> but I did it and it helps a lot. So for people listening who don't know, what is a vision board? Uh, so a vision board, typically people do it at the end of the year or January of like, what, what do I want to accomplish this year? Or what are my goals this year? Um, so like my one at home has, you know, you know, a family trip that is really important to us that we're, is going to happen. And then I have my health um, section on this board of, you know, I want to meal prep and I want to go to the gym this many times a week or whatever it is, take my medicine. I forget my medicine a lot. So that's on my board, something silly like that. And then you have a financial section, you know, something that you're maybe you're trying to save for or remodel or buy a boat or whatever it is. That's the case. Um, and then I have a little family section of things I'm trying to do, you know, to help that balance. Mm-hmm. Um, so is this a list or these pictures or I have pictures, some are pictures that I cut out of magazines and then I printed on some of them, like some bullet keywords. I'm not writing out whole paragraphs. It's just, it's in my face. I walk in my bedroom. It's right in front of my desk right there. So I see it every day. It's in my face. It's a constant reminder of why I'm doing what I'm doing to help me stay on track. And then I do get frustrated. It's November and half of that board I haven't done. And I'm like, ugh. Yeah. But so like this weekend it's on there because I'm cleaning my garage out. 
I don't want to turn into a gym. That was my goal by the end of the year. I'm like, it's freaking November. <laughs> but you know what? I went out Sunday. I was tired. And I went and started working on that garage. Right. I did it because that thing is in my face. Right. And I'm like, it, the year's not over. So what if it runs into January, February? I'm going to go put a dent in the garage. Right. You know? So and, and, and so let's say you're factually correct and only half that stuff or half that stuff didn't get done. Mm-hmm. Half the stuff did get done. And right. if you didn't have this reminder, you didn't have this this reminder of your why. Mm-hmm. Six percent might have gotten done That's instead right. of fifty percent. So oh, I definitely think more got done having it. And then I have one at work with my vision uh, at work, and I have it where employees can see it. So it kind of shows the values of the company. It has my goals financially. It has like the certifications that I wanted to get done, uh, like little tick li- t- check marks, and then I check it as I get something done, and then I see the check marks I accomplished. So um, I can't encourage that enough to have that constantly in your face. Right. Yeah, I think that's especially for people who are visual. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, visual, I'm yeah. not sure what the um, um, similar kind of thing is for people who are auditory or right. kinesthetic or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the what the what the other. I wouldn't either. I'm a very visual person. Yeah. So. And yeah. the constant reminder in your face because life is busy and to have you know what's important to you in your face 24 seven helps you not forget it you know and get more done. Right. And then uh, one, one of the other things you mentioned as a contract you've learned uh, kind of the hard way in some cases is uh, do- documenting stuff. Talk to us about that. Oh, how, how'd, how'd, how'd you learn that? Yeah, that's <laughs> a lot of the hard way, uh, especially resident, you know, the, you know, coming from flipping, you don't do all that. You're, you, it's your own project, your own money, whatever. But uh, residentially, it's to protect the company and the homeowner um, or in commercial the same way to protect yourself and them. So they're aware of what they're getting. Because there's a lot of assuming out there um, if you are not detailed and you'll get taken advantage of. I think that goes in both parties, both ways. Um, But uh, even on your project, for example, you know, um, documentation and being, you know, especially in construction, when you're in the field, you can have a, you know, drawing of what what it's supposed to look like. You open up the wall, it does not look like that. Or, oh my gosh, this whole joist is rotted out. I was not expecting that. Right. So you got to get that change order, you know, you got to let that customer know right away and document it and get, I can't say enough, right away. Yeah. (laughs) Because, and then your employees in the field have to know that process because they'll just start doing the work. And then you're like, why are we, you know, 100 hours over on this job? like because they're not communicating with you in the field because you can't be out there on all these jobs yeah so um documenting 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 to to save yourself for change orders to protect yourself um because there's a lot of homeowners out there that will try to get a lot out of you or assumed right um so it's like no you know my bids are 20 something pages long because there's so many exclusions and it does include this or it doesn't include that so they're aware of what's going on yeah i think that's one of the key things is is i think many people in many industries fall into the trap of of here's my contract and here's a list of what i'm going to do Mm-hmm. And they don't have a list of what they're not going to do. And right. so people make all kinds of assumptions. People That's don't right. know. Mm-hmm. People don't know that when you open drywall, you can see a joist is rotted unless you tell them, hey, right. when I open the drywall, I'm going to see a whole bunch of stuff I can't see right now. Right. And who knows what's going to happen then? Yeah. Um, people, if they don't know, they, they make all kinds of assumptions. Some are going to assume that, yeah, of course, things can go sideways. Some are going to assume, nope, I have a contract. This is ironclad. And this, right. is what we're, this is what we're moving forward with. And I think that people in all kinds of industries do a terrible job of explaining what isn't going to happen and what right. what could happen just a few examples yeah. I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to have you know 40 examples but uh, right. a couple of recent case studies where hey in previous things you know here's a contract here's, jobs, here's, yeah. here's our plan um 
FYI, as we move along, some things can change. And here's some examples of how that's right. happened. And I think that would go a long way to um, solving this problem. And the other thing is, even though there are, there's, you know, there's a small percentage of people out there who are just looking to get free things, yes. <coughs> excuse me, and, uh, and take advantage of people and whatever, there's a lar- much larger percentage of the population who just forgets stuff. Right. Yes, that too. Yeah. And I remember uh, I learned this, this is probably 15 years ago. Uh, we had a customer, a big customer in the company I worked for, who was absolutely irate and thought we had just ripped him off for like a thousand dollars. We did it. We, we charged him for a job that we, he said we didn't do, and he was there the whole day, and there was nobody there who did the job and whatever. <coughs> Excuse me. And the uh, the guy who was doing the work, I called him and said, "Hey, here's what's going on. The customer thinks we kind of, you know, we ripped him off for a thousand dollars flatly. He just he's accusing us of stealing a thousand dollars from him." And he says, "He said I wasn't there." And I, yeah. He says, well, here's here's the room in the house I was in when I saw him, and he was leaving to go to the bank. He told me he was going to the bank, and he'd be back in a little while. I called the customer up, and I said, hey, well, it's weird that you said you didn't see him. He cites this conversation where you, you mentioned going to the bank, and you were standing in this room, and he was standing in this room. And he goes, oh, he you know what? You're right. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's all about the communication. <laughs> And it is. It's true. People forget. And that's why it's nice to have a signed contract. Say, yeah, right here. Remember, we talked about it. And you right. can always refer back to your paperwork. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And another uh, uh, thing I see people doing nowadays where they're getting kind of sloppy with this stuff and, and they'll learn is they send an email off that says something and they don't require a reply that is like an affir- affirmative response. Right. So it's OK to send an email and say, hey, here's what's going on. Here's what we're doing it's equally important for them to acknowledge that they got it in some kind of written form to right. indicate that they're aware of it because they could say, well, I didn't see that email. And Yes, and absolutely. So That's smart. I think I'm guilty of that sometimes, actually. Yeah. So thanks. I learned something <laughs> new today. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see here. So we talked about the mastermind group you started up. Uh, you also talked about joining uh, local associations or groups that service your industry. Kind of the same thing, you know, developing those accountability relationships and yep. strategic partnerships, right? Um, and with most of these things, uh, you mentioned that um, you get out of it what you put in it, right? It's very true. And mm-hmm. it's it's interesting, that, you know, not just business owners, I think just people in life in general nowadays, the biggest struggle we have is where do I invest my time? Yep. And we have all these lofty goals and visions and dreams and things like that. And then when it comes down to it and it's Thursday night and the association meeting is at 730 yep. and I'm like, ah. I just want to stay home and watch the Seahawks game or I want to just not do anything, put my feet up on the couch and just not do anything. It's, it's reminding ourselves the value we get out of those relationships and Mm -hmm. that effort we put in and, and remembering that, you know, one day it's going to, it's going to pay off, you know, and it's super tough to remember those things in those moments that we don't want to do anything. At least it is for me. Yeah. And it's important to meet people because it forms so, so much collaboration um, and just different areas that it could take you and learning. I know I get a ton out of it and you know I'm a person too it's like I'm burned out you know I'm tired do I really want to go to that seven o'clock meeting oh it's on my calendar but it's important to you know on your calendar if if you're if you you should have a calendar if you don't right uh, to stay on track with all your stuff but schedule you know people have their cheat days when they're on a diet schedule a day to do nothing let your brain reset yeah so then it's like oh I don't want to go to that meeting well you know what on Sunday is my reset day so I'm going to go to that dang meeting right that's a good point so yeah yeah I've I've recently I'm working on a few different projects aside from my regular day job and uh, I have had to recently kind of schedule three days I'm going to work from 5 a.m until midnight right and then there's a couple days where I'm going to not and uh Mm -hmm. and I do try to take Sundays and just do although I didn't do it yesterday I, I I uh 
I actually worked for half a day yesterday, but but I had the energy and I had the desire, yeah. and I'm taking off. I'm going out of town next weekend, and so I was so like, well, you, you know, I got I got a reason. And you have to something do it. to look forward to. You're going out of town, you know, right. so it's important to have you know just like your cheat day, your reset day, or even yeah. if it's an afternoon to yeah. go whatever, read a book, or I don't know, whatever you whatever works for people, go sure. kayaking, whatever to yeah. reset their brain. I think that's huge. By taking even a half of a day, I like to go hike in in the woods. It's quiet. Just a half of a day, it. It, it truly does reset me, and I, I can take on the, the fires and the craziness every day because I had a little bit of peace. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, hey, thanks a lot for coming in. I sure appreciate it. Again, you can find Stephanie at ProsserConstruction.com or at 253-212-1314. I can tell you as a customer of hers, um, she, they do a great job. Uh, if you're the, like me who likes a lot of communication, like to know what's going on, you don't like to be uh, trying to figure things out on your own, um, they're a great company to work with. So I definitely recommend them. Um, anything else you got to say? No, thanks That's so much it. for having yeah, me. Yeah, thanks a lot for coming in. Uh, next week, we're going to have in uh, motivational speaker Travis Daigle, who's a former Special Forces guy in the Army. Uh, he's going to talk about uh, how he overcame uh, being a, a obese child and, and worked his way up to the Special Forces and all kinds of other cool things he's done in his life, overcoming obstacles and challenges, all kinds of things we can apply to our day-to-day lives and, and um just regular life and and running a business as well. So that's all for today. Uh, Thank you again, Stephanie, for coming in, and we'll talk to you all next week.